This podcast is not meant to be professional advice of any kind. It's meant to be informative and entertaining. If you make any changes to your life, see the appropriate professional before you do so. Hello and welcome to SuperAge. My name is David Harry Stewart. I'm the founder of Aegist. At SuperAge, we help you live better and become the best version of yourself. And who doesn't want a SuperAge? Welcome to episode 45 of the SuperAge podcast, and this will be dropping on July the 28th, 2021. And I hope everyone's having an awesome week, um, pretty good week. Myself, I'm, you know, what's on my mind is my mom, and my mom's 91. My mom is, has bone cancer, and that's a, that's a rough one. This is mom's fourth go-around with cancer over the last, I want to say, 30 years. Uh, and so I've been thinking a lot about, obviously, cancer, mom, you know, there, because there is a familial linkage um, between, uh, you know, parents and kids with cancer. There can be, not necessarily. Um, you know, is anybody will tell you something like 90% of this has to do with lifestyle and mom smoked for a long time. Um, so that may be an influence. We don't know. Uh, but in any case, I'm very interested in early cancer prevention. And one of the things about mom's condition is because of COVID, mom was unable to really go to a doctor for a year and a half. And so I wonder just how much of this, um, could have been treated or caught earlier if that wasn't the case, but that was the case. So I want to find out what are the tests out there that we can be doing um, to see if we can pick up cancer markers. And there's been you know quite a bit of press lately about a new genetic-based test, uh, and this is genetics as in a, a blood test for the genetic markers of cancer, not for the um, genetic predisposition of someone to have cancer. And then um, Denise has some other methods. I know that she, um, that she's running on people to just see, like, you know, are there changes in these specific markers year over year, other existing blood tests, and other things that we can do to really lifestyle things to improve our chances of not getting cancer in the first place. So very interesting to get back in touch with Denise and speak to her about that. And we're going to get with her in just a second after a quick word from our sponsor. Today's show is brought to you by Eargo. Say hello to a world of sound. Life doesn't stop with hearing loss. And with their award-winning state-of-the-art hearing aids, you can live the life that you deserve to live. Because a big part of enjoying that life is hearing all the wonderful sounds the world has to offer right? And being able to speak to all the people around you and you being able to hear what they have to say clearly. Ergo 5 is tuned to you by you via their powerful app specifically to your unique hearing needs. It's total hearing personalization right at your fingertips. Their latest device was five years in the making. It's even more discreet, virtually invisible. It's 10% smaller than their previous device. It offers richer, clear, incredible audio and noise cancellation and features ever easier cleaning and charging. Um, they're, they're just, um, it, it's an amazing thing with a great app. If you think you have hearing loss or if you do have hearing loss, please don't be in denial. Um, take care of it. It's 
really better for it's going to be better for you and for all those around you. Here we go. Hey Denise, how are you today? I'm doing fine, David. Thank you. It's great to have you back. Um, so today I want to talk about a um, not so cheery topic: um, uh, cancer testing. Um, and I've read some things in the news about um, uh, DNA-based testing coming out. Um, and I know in our last chat, you talked about some existing blood tests that could be helpful. And um, because I think as we were, as you were telling me, the, the key here is to detect very early and then treatment is much more successful for whatever sort of cancer you have. Um, so let's uh, tell me, what do you know about this new DNA based test? Well, let me back up just for a minute. And that yeah. means, um, you know, we can look at the DNA of the cancer itself. That's different than our DNA as humans. Yes. And exactly. when, when we look at, um, you know, the metabolic theory of cancer, which I'm a proponent of, is that uh, only a very tiny percent of of cancers are genetic anyway, uh, that they're metabolic diseases. And so for me, it's the testing and the prevention of looking metabolically what's going on in the body and getting that changed so that those metabolic changes don't cause DNA damage, which then can cause cancer. So the DNA test for looking at the cancer's DNA are helpful in trying to decide what types of chemotherapy should be utilized. So they've done good work in looking at this chemo may work on this type of uh, cancer from a genetic standpoint. So that's mostly what that is being used for. Now, everybody's after the golden grail of liquid biopsies in us, in humans to say, can we see any cancer cells that are circulating? It's going there, David. It's in research. There's several companies out there that are doing it. Um, and I think eventually we're going to get there that we can actually take a, a test and see what type of cancer cells uh, are floating around in our body, even before a tumor forms. And that's the key before it's gotten out of control. Can we see that? And what can we do from a prevention uh, standpoint at that point? That's where they're going to be very, very um, beneficial. There have been liquid biopsy tests. There's one, it's a Greek test at, at, at a, um, had obviously Greece, but that test, even when we have patients do that, we come back and the oncologists are throwing up their hands going, I don't know what in the world to do with any of this information. So sometimes I'll help interpret and we can help guide treatments that way, but it's not there yet. And the ones that are in the US, there are some coming up that I'm super excited about that may catch something 10 years, like colon cancer, 10 years before that cancer gets out of control and you're diagnosed with colon cancer. Now those tests are very beneficial for us. So just, um, I just want to, I, I think I confused people in the beginning the way I said DNA testing, because what we're talking about here are the DNA markers of the cancer cells themselves. That's right. Not my running my genome. It's a blood test is what we're talking about here. Right, exactly. And so, uh, you know, looking at the activity or why that cancer, how it's behaving to help guide therapies, but we've got to ask ourselves what caused the DNA damage to start with. And that's the metabolic things that sugar and stress. Those are the two big pathways that feed cancer are the uh, uh, glutamine, glutamate pathway and glucose. So we've got two feeders and those metabolic changes 
in us, in our cells is what causes the cancer to, uh, to form and to progress to start with. So those tests, ketogenic tests, getting into ketosis and there's new breath monitors, David, that are amazing. So you don't have to poke your finger all the time. If you're going to do keto, uh, ketogenic diet, you have to do it right. Otherwise you're just stressing the body and not doing it correctly to, to help fight cancer and help to get ourselves healthier. So the BioSense is a new one that's clinically trialed, a lot of data behind it. You can blow into the breath monitor and it's far more accurate than urine or blood even monitors. Uh, so yeah, I, I mean, when people ask me about it, this sort of like, what should I do to be healthy? I, the yeah. first thing I say is like glucose load, glucose That's load, right. <laughs> lower right. that. That's right. <laughs> the well, cause of like so many problems. That's right. Cancer <laughs> can't use ketones as fuel, but it, it uses uh, sugar. So if we decrease the sugar, that's what feeds cancer and it mostly grows at night. So very important to be thinking about what you're doing at night, stress wise or food wise, sugar feeds cancer. So if we can turn uh, our body into ketone uh, fuel, ketones actually help suppress the cancer cells, according to the mouse studies and what we're seeing clinically in humans as well. So what are the, um, you'd mentioned a couple of tests in, in passing in our last chat about, uh, you know, current testing sort of markers that you like to get from people to see if there's any changes, you know, over time, which may indicate a problem. Right. For now, you know, I know that we've got some great things coming up, but tests that I like to run is the CEA and CA125. You can ask your regular traditional doctor just to let it sit there. I mean, because if what I tell my patients is, is, is that, listen, get, let's get these markers. And if we get a lump or a bump coming up at some point, and instead of being told, well, let's just watch it for six months, come back and let's look at it. It's like, no, we're going to rerun this, these cancer markers. Now that doesn't mean I'm going to catch all of them, but if that number jumps up high, we're not waiting. We're going in early to try to find, because as you mentioned, David, most cancers caught early, we can do something with. It's once they're caught after the fact that metastasize, the tumor is too large, that's where, when we're in real trouble. Denise, help, help me out. What is, what is a CEA test and what is a CA125? They are cancer markers, blood markers, looking for that types of cancer cells floating around in the body. So in other words, they, they can cover, it, not 100%, but they cover like colon uh, cancer cells, breast cancer, prostate. So they're a general sweep of are some of these, is this number too high right now? And you've got clinical symptoms. We need to start looking. And I would suggest a PET scan uh, because a PET scan shows any metastasis. And what happens, David, is that people, even when we know that there's a, a tumor, then everybody says, okay, is it MRI? Let's start making decisions. Let's do this. And I say, wait, wait, wait. If we do a PET scan, I can see if it's lighting up anywhere in the body. And that's that whole Warburg theory where ketogenic comes from. All of this is that Remember, cancer feeds on sugar. And if there's a cancer that's lighting up in all these different areas on a PET scan, that's what we want to see. Because if it's already metastasized, what we choose is very different than if it's just a local little tumor. Uh, so I, I think it's far underutilized. I think we wait till it's too far and too, the progression has gone too far. I like PET scans right up front. Are we dealing with a metabolically active cancer and has it escaped? Is it in anywhere else in the body? Those are important. Um, another test that I like, David, 
It's not a cancer test, but remember, if we want our immune system involved, we want our immune system helping and fighting. Uh, stealth infections is something else that I think that we should be looking at ourselves um, in general. At, 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 and I use something called, it, it's, it's a company called Microgen, David. And what they do is PCR analysis and a dish analysis. They're going deeper to look at, do we have any unknown stealth infections going on in our body that's keeping the immune system busy and active, therefore it cannot fight cancer. So if I'm looking at prevention test, CEA, CA125, I'm doing the microgen, looking at you know micronutrient testing, are we deficient in any kind of vitamin or mineral or anything that again, helps the immune system. And there's a test called Immunodex, which looks at the adaptability of your immune system. How adaptable is it? Can it fight when it needs to and calm down when it doesn't? And that's very important. So there are basic things from a prevention standpoint that we could be looking at and doing. And uh, talk to me about um, uh, blood sugar levels. Um, right. So I'm, you're, I'm guessing you're doing testing on that. What, what are the numbers yes. you like to see on that? In the morning, I like to, in a fasting state, I like to see low 80s. Anything higher than that, I don't like. And then we, if it's higher than that, we do a hemoglobin A1C. That's another little blood test that tells me three months what you've been doing instead of, oh, I just cheated the night before. That's why it was high. Yeah, let's see. <laughs> For three months, it's going to give me an average. Now, there's all kinds of monitors that you can wear and do and look at your glucose all day long. If that brings you peace, go to it. But if you're just going to stress out on the numbers <laughs> all the time, remember there's two pathways that feed cancer. One is glucose. The other one is glutamate, which is stress. So just keeping your glucose down is only half the picture. If you still are not controlling your stress, then you're only, you're still feeding cancers. So it's, it's the big picture of, you know, meditation, exercise, the things that we know that really, really help. And in the metabolic world, David, there's, there's called press pulse therapy. And I think we don't wait for cancer sometimes. We start thinking about this. There's certain things in a press, which means therapies that we do that we tell the patient, you do not stop this. One of them is the ketogenic diet. We want you in ketosis. Other one is exercise and meditation. And now it's menbendazole. That is an antiparasitic. The menbendazole is a really great um, uh, metabolic regulator. And we, with cancer patients, we tend to uh, put them on some of these things and, and keep them on there. And metformin might be part of it. If you can't get to it with your diet and your blood sugars are so high, we may consider that. But on the pulse side, the things that you could do that we bring in, out, in, out, we don't stay steady at them. That's like vitamin C IVs, hyperbaric oxygen, um, you know, uh, other, other kinds of metabolic therapies that we do. So in our prevention stage, why are we not taking care of ourselves that way anyway? It's block the stress, block the glucose. We're not going to be feeding those cancers genetically predispositioned or not. Let's not turn on those genes and let's definitely not give the fuel to the cancer and light up those PET scans where we see all these little path, all these little places that are lit up. Those are that's cancer cells voraciously eating sugar and it lights up. And that's how we find it. That proves this whole cancer eats sugar theory. Um, absolutely. So I, I want to, um, I'm going to tell you a little bit about my, my habits here. 
Okay. So, uh, <laughs> so I, yeah, I, 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 the only sort of like fructose I eat is like, I have eight frozen blueberries in my smoothie in the morning. That's like it. Um, cause I, I tend to be, I'm, um, hypoglycemic and it really messes with me. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I'll do is I'll, um, I usually stop eating. My wife likes to eat a little later, but I try to stop the whole feeding thing by like seven yeah. at night. And then I get up in the morning. And so what lately, what I've been doing is I do my meditation and then I do, you know, 45 minutes on my spin bike in the morning. So, um, in, in like a fasted state. Mm-hmm. So then, and then I, by the time I ate a little earlier this morning, cause I know I had you and I had to be sharp. <laughs> <laughs> but normally I, I eat about nine 30. Yeah. So if I have my, my, I, I do my cardio in a fasted state, mm-hmm. does that, am, am I getting autophagy? So autophagy is like cleaning out all the bad, nasty stuff, right? Right. And you're creating ketones. So that's a great thing. So any cancer cells floating around in you are taking a hit. So they're, you know, you're, you're helping um, the body metabolically. And what I would say, David, is you say, is this the routine for me? Is this the routine that works for me? Take your glucose, look at it before and after exercise, because exercise will spike your glucose sometimes because it needs to release that sugar from the muscles so you can get through the exercise routine, right? Right, So so you've got to say, you've got to just chart it and look at it and say, listen, seems like my glucose comes back down to a normal level, level faster if I exercise this way at this time, you've just got to kind of be a scientist and calculate since you're trying to do all these things right. I will tell you, David, it sounds good, but I don't know. You have to test it, test it in yourself. What is your blood sugar doing? Now, if it spikes up a bit, 20, 30 points, that's okay. As long as within an hour, it comes back down. Same thing with what you're doing with your foods in the morning, you know, and your blueberries, they should be fine having a few blueberries. But um, if it's really spiking, if that fructose in you is spiking your blood sugar, it's no longer healthy. And we have tests to look at, David, some people actually, and I hate saying this, but it's true. Some people actually, their body processes cane sugar better than it does fruit sugar. Let me Mm. say that again, fructose, fruit sugar in some people, they have a fructose sensitivity. Therefore, that's worse as far as a blood sugar is concerned than the cane sugar. Yes, it's got great things and, you know, antioxidants and all this. But if we're looking at blood sugar, uh, it's, it's not a one size fits all. We've got to really look at the individual, figure out what is best for you. So to test that, are we talking about continuous glucose monitors? No, no, it's a blood test um, that that te- that can test your fructose sensitivity, um, uh, specifically to fruit, and and in com- in combination, it looks at your and it's uh, one of the uh, the labs that I use is called SpectraCell, uh, but they they along with your micronutrient testing, looking at your any deficiencies and you know in uh, let's see proteins, fats, uh, amino acids, uh, uh, your, your vitamins and your minerals. It's also given me a scale of how well you're doing on glucose, on sugar, and also on fructose, which is important from a metabolic standpoint. And I guess my question was about like, so if I'm going to like, I, I, I can't tell you how monitored I am already. I I've got all this <laughs> gear on my, it's just like crazy. I monitor myself. So, uh, but if I want to find out about like, so this is, this is an interesting thing. I hadn't thought about 
the glucose levels, you're right, they need to rise in order to fuel what you're doing. That's right. So in order to test that in real time, so I'm not going to come in and get my blood work done and then go and then ride my bike and then come back in and get my blood work done. Right. I need something that's a little more immediate. What do you do? You, you could just look at, you know, there are monitors looking at the, it's called GKI and it's doing, you know, monitoring your glucose and your ketones together. And so here's what I want to say, David, just because you spike your glucose, if it comes back down, no big deal, but you have to also look at the ketones. So if you're producing ketones by doing that, you're protecting yourself against that spike in the sugar. So I'm back to, I would rather see the ketones being monitored. Uh -huh. um, than just the sugar. Now it's good to look at both because sometimes you can't get into ketosis or produce the ketones if the sugar is too high. That will keep you from producing it. But another thing that you could think about is exogenous ketones. Now that means ketones that we're not getting from a ketogenic diet. There's a lot of products out there. You've got to be super, super careful. The only one that I know that has the kind of testing that I require, that it's clean. It doesn't have junk in there. It doesn't have all this. It's called Keto Start. It's new. It's called Keto Start. And it was developed by um, uh, uh, Dr. Scylla. D'Agostino. She's the wife of Dominic D'Agostino, who's really one of the leaders in the field of uh, metabolic therapies. So the Keto Start product, if you want to put some exogenous ketones in and do that, uh, you don't have to worry as much as about that blood sugar being a problem or a detriment to you because you've got these ketones in you. Uh, going through this uh, exercise routine. So I really like the idea. You've got to do it right. You've got to uh, look at you as an individual and it's all about timing, right? It's all the press pulse, all about timing. But I really like uh, the, the, the exogenous or external ketones because now you've got the fuel, you've got the energy to go through a really good exercise uh, routine and it's giving you ketones for fuel so your body's not dumping a bunch of sugar. All right, you sort of lost me there. Okay. Um, so I want to, why do I want to intake ketones rather than moving my body into, you know, producing its own ketones? Because sometimes you can't, if you are stressing and you're producing glutamate, glutamine, you're produce, uh, producing those stress hormones because you're trying to do everything right all the time. Right. Even though you're meditating, you're doing all the right things. But if you're still uh, not handling that side of it, you still can't get into ketosis. You can do the best, most the best ketogenic diet out there. You can follow all the rules, and, but you still can't get into a really good ketosis, what we call nutritional ketosis. You can't get there nutritionally if you're not handling the stress side. So the, the insurance is if you're taking an exogenous uh, ketone uh, salt, I would say. Uh, the, we thought the esters were going to be good, stronger and better, but now according to the newer research, it should only be for our Navy SEALs one-time dose to go through and, and do the amazing things that they have to do for a mission. But the rest of us, not it's not looking good to do the ketone esters. And a lot of people are still on that. We need to look back at the science. Ketone salts are just a help to get our body into ketosis, produce ketones, and will really giving us the ketones. So now we're using fuel, a cleaner fuel. Ketones are a cleaner fuel than sugar. The brain loves it. The body loves it. It's clean. And it helps us from a cancer standpoint, which is the topic of our 
uh, our, our show today, um, I have my patients on these exogenous ketones and we time it. They do it right before they go into hyperbaric oxygen, this and that, but we are monitoring. We know exactly what we're doing in them um, to get them and keep them in, uh, a, a ke- in a ketosis state. And are you, um, with ketosis, um, are you pulsing it? Are you saying like, okay, we're going to do this for five days and then we're no. off for five days and we're no. on or- no, that's the press. If you have cancer, that's remember we have press therapies that we stay on. We do not come off. And then we have the pulse that we come in and out with. Press is number one thing is ketosis. The minute you come out of ketosis and the body's using sugar as its fuel, you're feeding those cancer cells. And I can't tell you the number of patients that, you know, we've had, I have a, I'll tell you one now is a prostate cancer uh, patient. And he literally shrunk the tumors. All of his cancer's markers went down. Every, you know, the oncologists were like, whatever you're doing, you keep doing. This is amazing. And he was doing really, really well. And then he wanted to go to Europe with his wife because he was doing really well. They did. They came off the ketogenic diet, started eating the, you know, European breads and drinking the wine and this and that. He came back and that tumor had grown 25% in two weeks just from that amount of sugar. Now, put him back into ketosis. And it shrank back down again. So that's just one patient and many patients that that has happened with that, you know, everybody gets excited and they go, wow, I shrunk the tumor. This is fantastic. Okay. I think I can start, you know, having a little bit of fun. Well, when you do that, the cancer has fun as well. <laughs> so, and ketogenic diet can be fun. There's a lot of great recipes, a lot of great ways to eat. It's not that restrictive. And if you are going to cheat, that's the time to take the ketogenic um, salts. That's the time to help yourself because you know you're cheating on the diet to stay in ketosis with the salts or you're stressing. (laughs) This is fascinating. Um, And so since we're talking about, we're in a a kind of a ketone run here. Um, So um, the things, um, I mean, some people I see the sort of, uh, I don't know, I guess the sort of like paleo crowd they're in the like all 24 seven, all bacon sort of diet, which, yeah. um, you know, there's some, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. also not, there's a lot of reasons right. that's not so great. That's right. So, you know, we've got to look at, we need a nutritionally balanced, clean diet. And, and what does that look like? You know, to me, a lot of pork, and I know just because um, I used to do dark field microscopy, not this live cell business, but really true dark field. And we could see in the background of the cells on that type of microscope, we could, I could look at that blood profile and see if I thought someone had cancer. I couldn't diagnose this, not allowed, but I could see it and go, okay, got used to looking what that looked like. And what I found was whenever, and a lot of us did, we would uh, see that profile. And I would ask the patient, have you eaten pork in the last two days? If they had uh, many times, it looked like a cancer profile. Now I do not have a direct link between the two. I want to make that clear. This is not scientifically proven out. I'm just telling you what I saw and by why I saw, I thought "Mm, a lot of pork is probably not a good thing. So that is something that's not out there in the literature. It's not to look at, but we all, we do know scientifically that those nitrites, that those processed meats have been linked with cancer. And that's a hard scientific link right there even their process. Now we can get nitrite free bacon, right? That's better. 
but I still have a mm, about the pork and that's me. It's just once in a while, maybe, but if, if somebody has an active cancer, I really keep them away from pork. I don't eat pigs. I think yeah. it's, I don't yeah. know. It's weird. It's well, really and you know what? Hard. Well, I won't go into it. It's just terrible. Think about how smart they are. And we know yeah. just having farmers, they know when they're going to slaughter and they're stressing, they're producing stress hormones. And guess what? We get to eat those. I just, it just doesn't feel right. I, you know what I've been into lately? I've been buying these big bags of wild caught frozen salmon. And, right. and it, it's, it's um, right. comparatively rather inexpensive. Yeah. And I, I actually, get, I actually get them at Walmart. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and I just did defrost them and I put them on the grill yeah. And I'll just cook up a couple pounds of this stuff and then I've got it for a couple of days. Right. And right. That works. The only thing I'd say, and I love you eating fish, we want, but um, if you're not a great chelator, um, you might be um, getting a load of mercury and these kinds of things. So maybe once every few years, you do a heavy metal test just to make yeah. sure you haven't loaded up on the mercury in all right. that great fish. Now, we yeah. I want you to eat fish, it's healthy. But I have to do that on myself. I'm not a great chelator. Once a year, I'll do my heavy metal test. And now I know, now I don't even have to do it. I know that I like to eat tuna, uh, you know, sushi. I like these things. And I know that it's going to build up in me. So I just, for a few weeks every year, go through a, a heavy metal detox to pull that, that out of there because I've made the choice to eat the fish. It's but- so hard. Eating has so become yeah. so difficult that it's know. so hard. We've, we've it's polluted so easy. our planet. We have just polluted <laughs> it. And we've got to say, all right, eat the healthy things. But even the healthy things have things in there that shouldn't be there. And we've got to get that back out of our bodies. That's the way to think about it. And know? if I'm, if, if I want to um, be ketogenic yep. um, and I want to eat things, so I, I, I can't just live on protein and fat. So I, I need vegetables. I need... Sure. Well, it, you're allowed some vegetables in it. Now, I would say there's there's nutritional ketosis. There's different levels of ketosis. If you don't have an active cancer, being a low level of ketosis or going through a cycle like I do, I'll say, listen, for six weeks, I'm going to go into a, a high level of nutritional ketosis, shed a few extra pounds I don't need and fight, you know, in my, it, you know, I'm thinking I'm uh, decreasing any cancer cells. I'm literally starving out any potential cancer cells that may be floating in me, which it is in all of us. So I cycle it, then I'll go back into a Mediterranean diet or mm-hmm. I'll go into, you know, so cycling these things is important. If you have an active cancer, that's when I say we don't come out and we want the, we want to be in right. Oh, as deep as we can. Right. But the rest of us without an active known active cancer, Cycle these things, do, mm. do get into ketosis, but really get into it. Not just a little bit, uh, but in general, David, it is never good to have uh, high glucose or even low. When you said you were hypoglycemic, hypoglycemic is still the body's having trouble processing sugar in the right way. Many times that can turn into diabetes into hyperglycemia. If you're not taking care of it, which you are you're doing all the right things, but it tells you that your body has a little bit of a problem with, with sugar metabolism or hyper. So, you know, monitoring that is important for you. You you need a certain amount of glucose. It's not a bad guy. We need it. It goes inside the cell where it's supposed to be. It gives us energy to do all the things we need to do. Glucose is not a bad guy. It's when it can't get inside the cells 
Mm. That's insulin resistance or the pancreas is burned out because you've been eating too much sugar. And it says, I can't keep up with the amount of sugar you're eating. That's when we get into trouble. Mm. Absolutely. Um, okay. So be before we, cause I know we're, we're on a limited time today. The, um, this, you mentioned something called a GKI monitor. Yeah. So, well, We've been doing, there are GKI monitors. You have to poke your finger and it calculates the glucose and the ketones. But what I'm, what I, I'm happy about, and this is newer, is that this, uh, that BioSense, it's called, it is a, it's a breath monitor. It's more accurate. Uh, Dr. D'Agostino, again, uh, I'll give a shout out to him. He just told me they have done a lot of scientific testing on this, but it gives you more, a more accurate count because breath has gone through all these steps instead of blood has to, it's not as accurate as we want it to be. So who wants to poke their finger all day long, several times a day? And if we've got a more accurate way of testing, you just blow into that. And if you're at a low level of ketones, great, we're doing okay. You can know that your glucose can't be high because if it was high, you couldn't get there. You couldn't be in any amount of real ketosis if that blood glucose is high, but remember, it's may not just be diet. If you're, we've got a lot of stress, mental stress, um, emotional, physical stress means you're exercising too much, too hard. If we have that stress on the body, that's going to keep feeding into um, cancer as well. And it produces more glucose and we can't get into ketosis. So whatever you're doing, if you blow into that and you've got a low level of ketosis, keep doing it and you feel good, we're on the right path. But remember, there's a lot of pieces to this. With the immune system, we want to keep it happy. That means low sugar. But if we've got other infections that aren't being seen in tests that are normally done at your regular doctor, they go, oh, no infections. Or you get a little upper respiratory or a constant GI or urinary tract, whatever it is. They find one, they go and put it into a dish. If you're lucky, instead of just, here's an antibiotic. If you're lucky into a dish and they find one pathogen and they stop testing, they don't keep looking for all the other infections that are there. That's what I like about that microgen, David, is they keep looking all the way through. They do two levels of testing. And I know I've had patients that I, I swore it looked like they had an infection. We did regular testing didn't see anything, put them into that type of testing, PCR analysis, they had six bad infections. Mm -hmm. So it, it, that is taking care of our bodies and, and looking at, you know, um, at, a, at a deeper level. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I just um, wrap up here. I, I yep. uh, one of my friends is uh, Dr. Rudy Tanzi, who's the brain health genius at, at yeah. math general and Harvard. And, uh -huh. you know, his, his feelings on really so much of what you're talking about is, and his thing is all like the brain and Alzheimer's plaques tangles. Right. And yeah, it's very similar. Um, you know, this like high blood sugar and brain health, um, you know, bad, bad, bad. If you yeah. look at the ketogenic studies, they're on brain health, Alzheimer's, Parkinson, ketogenic yeah. diet works on brain health. It works on many things. If you think about it, metabolic diseases, diabetes, obesity, cancer, yeah. brain disease, all of it. It works yep. on all of these things. And I think we've just got to realize that sugar is not our friend and stress is not our friend. Those are the two biggies. And what are the things we can do in our lifestyle uh, that we enjoy 
and don't stress about having to do that can help mitigate those two things. So I, I, you know, uh, we, we're learning more and more and we've just got to be able to motivate ourselves and motivate others now for this healthy lifestyle. And, and that includes meditation and relaxation, um, any kind of thing that keeps us out of that stress response. It's not just about the exercise and the diet, very important, but the stress is just as important because it's an entire pathway on its own. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, um, as uh, one of my other science friends told me, eat foods that you like and that like you back. That's exactly right. <laughs> it's not that hard. I know we can get to eat hard. science, but it's like, okay, <laughs> sugar's bad. <laughs> stress is bad. That's it really. And, no. and so we can dig down deep and, 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 and do all the wonderful things that you're doing, David, uh, to be able to look um, are the things that we can tweak and get better at, but it really comes down to those Absolutely. Really yeah. That, and, and that's really the thing, right? It's like, I tell people, take care of the big rocks. That's and right. Like those are the big rocks. They are like, the big rocks. <laughs> take care of that stuff. And then you can fill in the little grains of sand later, but until you get those two dialed in, like nothing else, you, it's, it's not going to make any difference. Yeah. You got it, David. And Dr. Uh, Tom Seafried, anybody that wants to follow the work of the metabolic theories and the research that he's got going is amazing. He'll tell you exactly what you just said, David, those two big rocks. That's what feeds cancer. Very small percentage of cancers are genetically, you know, passed on. Um, it's it's about not feeding those two big pathways. That uh, that's right. And I just want to say, like, the linkage between you know type two diabetes is caused by one thing: that's um, right. eating that's too much right. sugar. And if you look at the linkage between type two diabetes and heart disease, Alzheimer's, oh, cancer, pretty much yeah. anything bad that you can think about. Um, it, it's a huge correlation. That's so, right. it, you know, it's really, um, I, I get kind of militant about this and people are like, oh, you should enjoy your life. And it's like, you know, stop it with the pie and ice cream with dinner. You're right. <laughs> it's exactly. really not good for exactly. you. <laughs> exactly. It's like, you know, do you want to wait till there's, you've got a, a chronic degenerative disease or all of a sudden a cancer, the, the big yeah. C that everybody's afraid of. It's like, Let's not live our lives in fear, but it doesn't mean, and I always say healthy is not easy. Whoever no. said it was easy. We have to take care of ourselves. You have to take yeah. care of a plant, a house plant. We have to take care of ourselves. You yes. can't just hope for the best uh, because as you know, one in two men will have cancer in their lifetime. One in like two and a half women now, skin cancer is still number one. Number two is you know prostate, breast cancer, well, lung from smoking, but now we're seeing more from radon and other things. Um, we're seeing more lung cancer, but, but breast and prostate, these things are preventable for the most part and caught early. We can do something about them. So yeah. this testing that you're talking about, it's coming, David, it's exciting. Liquid biopsies. I did one on my dog. It's a quick, quick story. Um, Love this guy's like family. He is family. And um, we had a cough and I took him in and I said, I think this is a cardiac cough. And then of course the vet says, no, it's Valley fever. We'll test him. They tested him. It wasn't, I was right. He had a little bit of an enlarged heart and I'm going, why? Because we, he's on a ketogenic diet, all these things come to find out. We found a large five centimeter splenic on the spleen mass. Now, when it looks cavitated, when it looks filled with blood, we all knew that that was a cancerous tumor. Without a biopsy, because you can't biopsy them, they'd bleed out. And most dogs would be dead within a few weeks, if not maybe a month. 
um, it usually burst and that's it. And it metastasizes all over their body. And what did mm -hmm. I do, David? Immediately started the metabolic therapies. I put him on my, I injected him with my B venom. We did, uh, he was already on a ketogenic diet, but we made it stricter, no more treats, right? We did all the metabolic therapies and uh, eight weeks later now, that mass has shrunk by 28%. Um, it's no longer cavitated, so it doesn't even look cancerous anymore. And I did a liquid biopsy at the University of Texas in their veterinarian department. They just came up with one for, for uh, pets, for dogs in, in the veterinarian, because oh. they're ahead of us. We did the biopsy and I mean, not the liquid biopsy and there are no, he was in a normal range for liquid cancer, um, uh, you know, liquid cancer cells. So that's a big story. That's something in my own family. And I've treated cancer in many, many patients, but this was a, what you started out today, liquid biopsy. It was showing me that the therapies that I was doing on him was working. Then we did another image and we saw it had shrunk by 27, 28%. But before that, I knew that I didn't have circulating cancer cells for metastasis. So we're getting there. We're getting there uh, to be able to test and see what we're doing. And make sure a, what we're doing is working. You have a very lucky dog. <laughs> he's, he's and I'm we're lucky to have him. He's just the most amazing dog. Everybody loves Woody. He's just this great rescue that's been amazing. So he's uh yeah, he's uh he's definitely in the cancer therapy uh <laughs> treatment now. Uh but he likes it. He likes, you know, he likes what we're we're doing with him. So it's not a stress to him. Awesome. Thank you for all this information. We're going to put in the show notes um, uh, a lot of the details of what you've spoken about today. Okay. Um, and um, I'm going to get myself a CEA test and a CA125. That's perfect. Um, it, and just see what, you know, so now we just have these records. To, you might want to check for underlying infections. You don't have to have a cough or a cold or a symptom. Any underlying infections that are keeping your immune system busy so it can't fight cancer cells, because we all have cancer cells all the time. I, I like those tests. I know you've done a lot of the other tests that I've talked about today. You've already done it. But if you haven't delved down on those stealth infections, might want to do that. It's another one to think about, David, with that microgen. I and will. Self-order. Yep. I'm going to, I'm just making notes in my notepad yep. here. Okay. Things, new, new ways to monitor myself. Oh God. <laughs> Not that I want you to do more of that, but for you, David, that might bring you a sense of peace. That's great. Other people, it would be stressful to try yes. to track all this and therefore it's no longer helpful. Uh, so right. You have to know right. yourself. You have to know yourself. Oh, I love this. Stuff. I, think it's really fun. <laughs> I know you do. <laughs> you keep monitoring. That's good. Oh, <laughs> uh, Denise, I have a wonderful day. Give, yes. um, give all my love to Barry and to Woody and, yep. um, you know, we'll stay in touch. Sounds great. Thanks, David. Okay. Take Bye. care. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the show this week. It's great to have you. If you like the show, hey, maybe leave us a rating wherever you're listening to this. Maybe share it with a friend and get them to subscribe because we love people to come back every week. And if you want to get in touch with me directly, it's david at superage.com and I will get back to you directly. Next week, we've got Willie Banks. Um, 10 years, he held the Olympic record for the triple jump Olympian. And we're going to hear all about what it's like to transition from being the world's best at something to not. Um, so that's going to be really interesting. Um, just a quick word about hearing. Uh, as Denise was talking about, stress is hugely important in our lives. And one of the big 
parts of that is having community. Better community, less stress. But if you can't hear, it's very difficult to have community. So if you think you fall into that category, or maybe you 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 may be, get you, go see an audiologist, get your hearing tested, or um, go to our sponsor, Irgo.com, and they'll help you out. They make a great product. Everyone, have a wonderful week, and we'll be with you next week. Take care. Bye-bye. 